today we are going to speak about the beauty of yielded obedience. There are different levels of yielding and different levels of obedience. The more yielded and obedient you are to God, the more he can achieve through your life. The tabernacle that the Lord gave Moses in the wilderness shows our progression into worship, holiness, and wholeness through the three areas. The outer court deals with sin and the flesh, the inner court with your soul, and the holy of holies with your spirit. And then the Lord showed me that the tabernacle does not stop at worship, but involves your whole lifestyle. And the Lord needed to take me through this tabernacle yet again at a new and very exciting level and took me into the Word to explain everything to me as we went through it. He started, of course, at the outer court, showing me that this area is for a new believer when he turns to Christ and has to deal with the sin and his flesh. Turning from sin must be a radical turnaround from all sin in sincere repentance from the old sinful life to the new life in Christ. Because Jesus died on the cross for us and we need to die to the flesh and all sin to live for him not like the world. Romans 10.3 says, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And we see all around us in our world right now, political correctness is replacing part of righteousness and I wonder how long it will take to turn into political control. James 4, 7-8 says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. For this is what Jesus has done for us. Philippians 2, 8 Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. We see here that submission and obedience to God starts right here in the outer court. A decision that begins the first steps of your journey with God and the reward for this is in Hebrews. Hebrews 12, 11 says, Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness unto them who are exercised thereby. The next level is the inner court, the holy place which deals with soul and the three different areas of our lives that need to be submitted to God. 
the three items of furniture are not only levels of prayer but of your life and service also. The table of showbread deals with your will, the candlestick with your mind and intellect, and the table of incense with your emotions, a lot of yielding and submission, but not without a promise. Exodus 19.5 Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are words given to the Jewish nation. But Gentiles, the wild olive branch, has been grafted into this vine. Therefore Gentiles are also included in this promise. As you start with the table of showbread and yield your will to God in the same way, you will find different levels of submission. Flowers have to be ground very fine. Your will needs to become smooth and fine like flour. Then it has to be molded. Well, you conform to the will of God. Then bread has to be baked. Are you ready for the Lord's testing? Then bread needs to be put in two rows of six in good order. Are you disciplined? The bread is now covered with frankincense, showing submission in worship. Then the table of incense is surrounded by two crowns to teach us to watch and pray. There's part, level, full level, and then conditional unconditional surrender where you can say it's not my will but your will be done and I highly recommend you go through our course dare to enter the presence of God or the presence of God by Dave Prince that goes into full detail regarding the tabernacle Acts 5 20 down 9 then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Yes, there's often a conflict of the will. Your will and the will of others around you. But when you sacrifice your own will and what men want you to do, a blessing always awaits if you do the will of God instead. Leviticus 26.30 says, if you walk in my statutes to keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field their fruit. The candlestick is next, representing your mind and intellect. By yielding up your mind to the Lord, he will bring it in line with the Bible until you think like Jesus. Isaiah 56, 8-9 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's therefore not what we think, but what the Lord thinks. And when we yield to thinking as Jesus thinks, 
that you will also be able to hear his thoughts and to speak out his thoughts rather than your own thoughts. When we learn to do this, even again, against the grain of what we think a further promise awaits us. Exodus 23, verse 22. But if you shall obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. I'm reminded of the time I had to correct a church in Kenya. This church was not moving forward at all, and half of them were sick. They sat silent in their pews, very unresponsive. I asked the Lord what to do, and he said, Take them to the market. I did not want to. I did not think they would like to go. I did not think it was a good idea. But I chose to obey God anyway. And when I said we're going to the market, they all looked at me in horror. Pick up your chairs, I said. We're going now and bring your guitar as well. We all crowded outside reluctantly. And I said, let us sing some praise songs on the way. Well, have I ever heard half-hearted singing coming out from African mouths? It was then. We walked to the market singing, and I found a suitable place to preach from. We sang two songs, and I got up to preach the gospel message in such a way that we were all that were hearing it would have to stop and listen to the whole message. The crowd got larger and larger. Then I called anyone who needed healing to come up, and the crowd watched excitedly as Jesus instantly healed every person who came up. And then I simply said, Who wants to receive this Jesus as Lord and Saviour? Hands went up everywhere, and we led them through the sinner's prayer and told them where our church was, and we walked back. That night, the church was crowded to capacity, and the original congregation, having seen the power of God in their midst, were totally changed, and most of them were also healed. This church then realized that church was there to teach and encourage them how to witness to others. And they now have two outreaches a month, in, and since that time, they've planted new churches as a result. Another time while I was in Texas, I had to minister to a soup kitchen for 30 minutes a day before their meal, and I could not get through to them. So I pray, prayed about it, and the Lord said, identify yourself to them. I didn't find that very easy, because they were the most, oh, the worst assortment of alcoholics, drug addictions, sinners, and destitute people I'd ever seen. And I had to go against what I wanted to do and thought about it um, and how to obey God regardless of how I felt. The next day I stood up and said, You think I'm just another speaker from England who has never suffered anything. I want to tell you now that I'm just like you. We all have suffered the result of sin, sickness, abuse, and unfortunate circumstances. 
But it does not matter what got into the, how we got into these situations, but rather how we handle them. We can allow ourselves to be pulled down further and further, or we can stand up and do something positive about the problems we are in. Would you like to know how? They all put their hands up. And this gave me permission to share what Jesus had done for us on the cross. And I then asked those who would like to become free from their circumstances to come forward. One by one, most of them came forward and in tears received Jesus and were set free by Jesus. The Holy Spirit came down on all of us and we were hugging each other with tears of joys. We were just crying with tears of joy. Jesus had done it again. Another story. I did not want to go to India in January 2015. It was a week after the announcement of TV by the Prime Minister of India that Hindus wanting to persecute Christians would not be punished. As we prayed about it, the Lord did not tell us not to go. And he said that he would allow activists to come and they would persecute us. Now that meant we had to go knowing we would be persecuted by God, but God told us to still go. Elizabeth and I went. We were to speak daily with 10 other local speakers to a seven-day conference to over 10,000 people. On the third day, 20 armed activists turned up minutes after we left the platform and we hid in the room, praying for their salvation. Next day, the activists came again and waited most of the day to catch us, but we remained in the room until after they had gone. Once they were gone, we were called to deliver our message. The third day, the same thing happened. But on the fourth day, only ten came. This time, unarmed, no guns. They had been so impacted, so convicted by the word of God on the previous three days, that they wanted more of God. And two of them were baptized that very day. God wants us to pour out our prayers into action, not just say prayers. He told a good friend of mine that he was weary of pretty prayers. Anyone can pray a beautiful sounding prayer, but unless it is also prepared to action it, it will not mean much. When we action our prayers, then the Lord will reveal his ways and his miracles in answer and will amaze us through what he will do. And the final area of the soul is the table of incense, the emotions. Emotions with some people can be up and down like the waves of the sea. But when we give our emotions to the Lord, then we are giving him much more. We're giving him our very heart and soul as well. Psalm 34, 22. 
the Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Giving the Lord our emotions means getting our heart to come in line with our spirit man. Your heart is a container for your soul, spirit and Holy Spirit. As you give your heart and soul and emotions to the Lord, he will give you his rest and you'll find yourself starting to walk in his spirit. The Lord will then give you his grace to walk in the spirit. The Lord is supplier of his spirit, his peace, his joy, his rest. And the more you yield your life to surrender obedience, the greater will your lifestyle change. I've trained many horses throughout my life. You can only train a horse once he has yielded to you in trust and allows you to train him. The more the horse yields himself to you, the greater will be his training until the horse not only yields his body to you in obedience, but his mind and will as well. When this happens, you have the makings of a champion who is obedient to the lightest of signals through your weight aids, hands, legs, until you move as one, horse and rider dancing to music and dressage, or clearing the high fences demanded in show jumping. In the same way, we need to trust God like a horse trusts his rider until we become so sensitive to God's still small voice and to his lightest touch of his guiding hands. And the next level in the spirit is that you enter the Holy of Holies right into the spiritual realm, spirit to spirit, heart to heart, face to face with God. In this area, striving ceases as you enter into love worship and rest, enjoyment of service now replaces sacrifice in that sacrifice does not appear to be sacrifice as you willingly yield your will, mind and emotions to achieve what the Lord has placed on your heart and as you pour out your love for God something wonderful happens. He also pours out his love into your heart and a heart-to-heart connection takes place. As you spend time in his glorious presence, his Holy Spirit fills every cell of your being until you can barely contain it. You can feel as if you're going to burst if you do not share his wonderful salvation with others or pray for the sick and watch the Lord heal them. When you pray for others, it appears that every cell responds as the life of God through the Holy Spirit flows through your hands to the afflicted place in that person you're praying for or bringing healing. His will has become your will and a oneness of service has resulted. This brings a bonded of love and of working with him. You connect with God on this new level into his work, his ways, his victories. You now walk in fellowship with the Lord where you can discuss your life or ministry with him, asking for his direction, 
his answer and his ways of doing things. As you do this, you will hear his voice and he will give you his revelation of what he is doing and your part in it. As you then obey the Lord and do exactly what he has told you to do, he will confirm what he has told you to do with his signs and wonders following. Not only this, but even further promises will follow you. 1 Peter 1.22 And seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit into unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed, incorruptible for by the word of God which lives and abides forever and Revelation 22 verse 14 says blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and they may enter through the gates into the city this is into eternal life of heaven. The world may be preparing the way for the Antichrist, but God is preparing the way for the second coming of Christ. The devil may be preparing the world to receive the mark of the beast, but Jesus is preparing his people to receive the gift of faith. The cross to the world is offensive, but to the Christian it is a joy of salvation. The second coming of Christ will be terror to the unrighteous, but to the believer it is the transfer into eternal life with Christ. If we have lived this life on our own strength, one might be tempted to lay one's crown on one's own head. But if you live your life for Christ and he gives you a crown, you can do no other than place your crown down at the feet of Jesus, representing your life given for him. Yielding and obedience to the Lord is not easy. Yielding is a daily process for each one of us, not just repentance. There, and there may be seasons where we stay close to our Father in heaven who knows exactly where we're going and sees the thoughts and intents of our heart. And we will grow and mature in him. And the more we go through, the more we see his faithfulness. And it becomes easier to yield to him. Because we know that the Lord will never let us down. So how do we yield? It's taking the Lord, talking to the Lord about every area of our lives. We know when we are falling away, so to speak. And if we examine ourselves, our lifestyles, we will know that we need to make changes. 
So let us begin by talking to God about whatever seems to be coming between us and him and then giving him permission to take it because it may become a burden or even a blockage to us. So allow God to restore us and then we will then learn to walk in his spirit. Yielding up our emotions can be really liberating, knowing that God is now in control. This yielding of things to the Lord can cover every area of our lives, from our own desires and plans or ministry. It can cover our pains and hurts. It can cover our temptations. Just hand them over to him. And the Lord will take, make a decision. As you make a decision never to take those back again, just keep yielding him. And that will bring us into the pure joy of freedom. And if you have not received Jesus as Lord and Savior yet, I'd like you just to say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you now. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Please forgive me every sin I've ever done. I choose to walk in truth and righteousness in you from this time on. Please teach me how to yield to you. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Saviour. Please teach me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you and I will now hand back to our host.